0: Hello, hello, lovely listeners, all of you ghouls and goblins, and everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil vale with Zelda Kimball and Emma Raxdale. So, Emma, I hear you're going to talk to me today about some great shapes.
1: Oh, boy, am I, Zelda. Oh, oh, lordy, am I going to tell you about some great shapes. Shapes. I did not think this was a math podcast. Uh it most certainly is not. <laughs> not even a little bit. In fact, they're not even really shapes. They are in fact blobs. Blobs? Blobs. Are you saying blob isn't a shape? You know what? I have no idea. Yeah, don't be blobist. <laughs> blobophobic? I considering I'm about to do an entire episode about blobs, I would say I'm most certainly not blobophobic. I believe in them. You believe in blobs? Kinda. Today we're going to be talking about an unexplained event. Truly, truly a mystery! Like, I don't totally know what to do with this one. Hell yeah! So our episode today is, as you might have read in the title, The Oakville Blobs. At 3 a.m. on August 7th, 1994, it began to rain in the town of Oakville, Washington, Living in the Pacific Northwest, residents of the small town were pretty used to clouds and rain. But this wasn't any normal rain. Instead of water, the sky unleashed translucent, gelatinous blobs. They fell from the sky, covering 20 square miles. And it's bad enough that the town was covered in goo, but the worst was yet to come. According to multiple Oakville residents, after the blobs fell, the townspeople began to develop severe flu-like symptoms, lasting anywhere from seven weeks to three months. And it didn't just rain once. Over a period of three weeks, the blobs would rain down six more times. Dozens of residents got sick, and several animals died after coming into contact with it. But it gets even weirder. The blobs allegedly contained human white blood cells and bacteria. After countless testing, we still don't really know what they were.
0: Wait, wait. That's a lot of really awful information that you just shared with me. Isn't it? Why did it keep happening? Animals died?
1: You're gonna find out, kind of. Police officer David Lacey was out on a routine late night patrol when at around 3am he noticed that his windshield was smearing up, to the point where he couldn't even see. Thinking there was something wrong with his wipers, he pulled over at a nearby gas station to inspect them. Upon inspection, he realized that there was nothing wrong with his wipers, rather, his windshield was completely covered in a strange goo. He touched the goo in shock, and it was mushy, like squishing jello through your fingers. That afternoon, Officer David Lacey suddenly became violently ill to the point where he could barely breathe. His hypothesis? The Blobs. Yeah, you know what? If I touched some weird goo and I got sick, I would assume it was the weird goo too. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty safe and fair assumption. Across town from Officer Lacey, the Blobs rained down on the farm of Sunny Barclift. That morning, Sunny's mother, Dottie Hearn, went outside and saw tiny little dots covering the surface of a wooden box on her porch. At first, she wasn't too concerned. To her, it looked like hail had fallen overnight, so she reached out and touched them. That's when she realized that it definitely was not hail. Dottie told Sunny about the strange substance, so of course, Sunny went out to see it for herself. At first, she really didn't see anything too unusual. The blobs were everywhere, but smaller than a grain of rice and completely clear. But like her mother, When she touched them, she knew something was very, very wrong. Within hours after Dottie had touched the blobs, Sunny and her brother found their mother sprawled on the bathroom floor, drenched in sweat. (coughs) Dottie had been vomiting and had extreme vertigo. Sunny rushed Dottie to the emergency room, where she was hospitalized for days due to her dizziness and nausea. There, she was treated by Dr. David Little, who diagnosed her with Meniere's disease, a disorder of the inner ear, and said that the blobs had nothing to do with the sudden onset of illness. Some of the symptoms fit, such as the extreme vertigo and dizziness, and Dottie herself conceded that the blobs may have been a mere coincidence. Sunny, however, was unconvinced. The blobs were too strange to ignore, and didn't account for all of her mother's symptoms. She herself had touched the blobs, and became nauseated a few days after the initial fallout, then fell acutely ill with bronchitis six weeks later. Her kitten died three days after the first fallout, and both her mother's dogs fell ill in the three weeks after the blobs fell.
0: That's just a few too many coincidences.
1: It is. It is. It's a lot of coincidences at once.
0: Yeah, definitely weird. Also, I love the names of everyone involved in these stories. It is giving, you know, somebody's come up with great names for a play. Small town
1: mystery sort of vibe. Great names. Excellent. Excellent names. Another resident, Beverly Roberts, said 12 of her friend's animals died soon after the blobs rained down, and that she even found two gallons of the blobs on the side of a road next to a dead frog and raven. She claimed that she put on latex gloves and collected a sample to study, but soon after wound up seriously ill with intense vertigo. Though, side note, she still managed to drive her car to the doctor's office, which is like, if you're really that sick, can you really drive? Small town, Small nobody's town. on those roads. True that, true that. She's just weaving all over Weave the place. Up. Oh, Beverly. Bev. But like Dottie, Beverly claims that she too spent days in the hospital. Vertigo, nausea, and respiratory issues plagued the town, and doctors saw a large spike in patients diagnosed with inner ear problems and respiratory issues each time the blobs fell.
0: Oh my god. I know. Also, finding a dead frog and raven, that is such witch bullshit, and I love it.
1: I love it. Maybe it was a curse. Not to get too ahead of myself. I'm feeling it's a little cursy. Could be a touch cursed. Yeah. But back to Sunny. Sunny brought a sample of the blobs to the hospital and convinced Dr. Little to do a lab test on it. While initially reluctant, he eventually agreed and had a lab technician do a routine exam. The results baffled both Dr. Little and the lab technician. The only identifiable substance they could find within the blobs were lymphocytes, human white blood cells. What? Was like that blob something somebody had touched
0: and like it stole their blood cells or like is it made out of blood Like a, cells? Like a
1: vampire blob? Vampire blob. Vampire blob. Vampire witch cursed blob. The story is getting weirder and weirder. (laughs) So of course, this made Sunny become even more concerned. She spoke to Dr. Kobayashi at the Washington State Health Laboratory, who advised her to send them a sample of the substance. Thankfully, Sunny had carefully stored some of the blobs in her fridge. All the ones outside had dried up, and mailed them over to the lab. The samples were assigned to Mike McDowell, one of their epidemiologists on staff. He initially set up the gel on a bacterial media to see if it would grow anything. And boy did it. Could you imagine cleaning up dried blob like I it really I think it's more that it disintegrated in a sense.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Gross. Oh, yeah.
0: It's like shoveling snow, shoveling blob <laughs> remnants, you know, just another day in Washington. Classic Oakville.
1: <laughs> they found two organisms. Pseudomonas fluorescens and Enterobacter cloci, both of which can be found in the human digestive system and, as Mike McDowell says, can lead to severe illness. McDowell continued to research the specimen, and that further research showed that while the blobs were initially reported to have lymphocytes, the cells had no nuclei. He came to the conclusion that the material was man-made and being used as a matrix, a vehicle capable of transporting a bacteria or virus. He reported his findings to his supervisor and did plan to further his research, until one day he came into work and found that the material had disappeared. McDowell asked management what had happened to it and was simply told, do not ask.
0: Uh-oh, there's a government conspiracy. That's what this is. There is an evil scientist vampire blob person. which
1: blob. Witch blob curse conspiracy. <laughs> this is why people think we're crazy. This is. This is exactly why people think we're crazy. Sunny continued her search for answers. She contacted as many agencies as possible in her attempts to identify the blobs. Sunny claims that the Washington State Department of Ecology's Hazardous Material Spill Response Unit, trying to say that three times fast. Oh God, no thank you. No, no, no. (laughs) Don't actually try (laughs) it. You can't do it. (laughs) That that unit did indeed find a cell with a nucleus, while other reports claim they didn't. Tim Davis, a microbiologist working at Amnest Laboratories, also studied the blob and said he did believe he saw a eukaryotic cell, which has a definable nucleus but it's just so unclear as to whether or not the blob contained bacteria or animal cells. They may have had human white blood cells and two types of bacteria, or both, or neither, or just one, bringing us essentially right back to square one. Nobody really knows what was in it. We have such conflicting reports. The only thing we do know for sure is that no samples of the blobs remain today. So that does beg the question, What the fuck were they? What What? the fuck were they? What
0: is going on? I know.
1: So we have a few theories that we can go through. Oh,
0: absolutely. I know I have one.
1: The first theory comes from Dr. Little. He proposed that the blobs were the result of concentrated fluid waste from a passing airplane toilet. When contacted about it, the Federal Aviation Administration rejected the theory and said that not only does the FAA forbid airlines from dropping waste mid-flight, thank you, Yeah, you know, that's logical. (laughs) Yeah, logical. But also that all fluid waste from commercial plane toilets are dyed blue. The Oakville blobs were specifically clear. So that's not it. Yeah, obviously
0: not. Dr. Little, your license. I don't trust
1: you. I don't trust you,
0: Dr. Little. What if he's in on it? What if he's the doctor doing weird-ass experiments, and that's why he's like... I don't believe any... Gaslighter. Dr. Little Gaslighter. And honestly,
1: the townspeople agree. They're they're like, no, dude. Dude,
0: come on. We saw it. You saw it. We all have seen the blobs. We've seen the blobs. We've seen the dead animals. Mm -hmm.
1: We're sick with vertigo and we're sick of you. (laughs) We're all fucking dizzy. And as someone personally who has experienced quite intense vertigo in my life, uh, it sucks. It sucks. And then to be told, like, oh, no, it's just, like, human waste dropping from the sky, I would be like, no.
0: Also, why would that happen more than once? Yeah, Like, exactly. once I can see, like, something
1: awful happen to, like, the bottom of a
0: plane carrier, something, mm-hmm. you know, didn't go right in inspection... If this happened a few more times. Yeah,
1: six more times. That's too many times. Too many times. And also, in my opinion, if it were to happen multiple times, I think it would have to be on like a regular schedule. Because it would be like one airplane flying back and over. Yeah, going on one route Mm -hmm. that happens to drop all the waste at At the same the same spot every time. Yeah. So many of the residents of Oakville are convinced that the military is behind the blobs. Because Oakville is a very small town with a population of about 700 at the time, some believe it was selected to be the site of a military experiment to test new biological weapons or to assess possible damages of a biological attack. Mike McDowell said that while he has no real proof, he truly believes the blobs were manufactured for some purpose and that Oakville was chosen as the test site. Residents agree that maybe it was a biological experiment of some kind, a test run to see what would happen. What's interesting about this theory though, while it seems a little bit mm, conspiracy, yeah, iffy, what's interesting is that the US Air Force did indeed confirm that they were doing practice bombing runs over the Pacific during the August of 1994. However, they've denied any knowledge or involvement with the mysterious blobs. That being said, many of the Oakville residents claim to have seen low-flying, slow military aircrafts above the town in the days before the blobs rained down. So we do have confirmation that the military had a presence at that time. They're just saying, we don't know what that is. Don't ask us.
0: Okay, so, but I remember from the plane shit theory, (laughs) which is a great thing to call a theory, they said passenger airlines dye the water blue. We don't know anything about military airlines. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) It's probably not, but I'm just
1: saying. Another popular theory in the town is that it was still the fault of the military, but that one of the naval bombing runs in the ocean, which was about 50 miles away from the town, caused an accidental explosion within a school of jellyfish, which were then dispersed into a rain cloud. (laughs) Holy shit, I love this. Yeah, just jellyfish falling from the sky. How far from the ocean are they? 50 miles. That's not... (laughs) Well, actually, I'm gonna get to it later, but it is possible. It has happened before. And I'm going to explain it in just a few minutes. I'd love to hear it. But as a cute little side fact about this, this theory was so popular that there was even a discussion of holding a jellyfish festival and the local tavern concocted a new drink in honor of the incident called the jellyfish. So if you want to try it, it's made of vodka, gelatin, and juice. I'm kind of assuming it was... It's like a jello shot. It's a jello shot, yeah. Yeah. But they made it. However, while this is like a semi-plausible theory... If it was jellyfish, you would think that there would be a smell. And these were odorless.
0: I do not know enough about jellyfish smells. We'll keep it on the table. Yeah, it's on the table. Um, I'm slipping it off the table just a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just a a tiny bit.
0: Because I have not smelled jellyfish.
1: I have. But it was near the ocean, so it was just smelling like salt water. I went to a beach once where literally I was swimming in the ocean. And it was like swimming through boba tea almost. Because there was so much jellyfish. It was like gelatin, it was horrendous. Sounds amazing. I've also gotten stung by a jellyfish. That does not sound amazing. It was not amazing. There is one other explanation, though honestly it's almost as confusing as the blob themselves. It's called star jelly. But before we get into it, I'm gonna give you a little backstory on mysterious weather events.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh yeah. People have been witnessing strange rainfall throughout the ages. Frogs and fish have stormed down from the sky, as have dried plant material, flesh-like substances, and blood. The most common explanation for these events involves a weather system with high winds, such as a tornado or waterspout, sucking up a shallow body of water, animals and all, into the sky and ejecting the contents miles away from the site. To be fair, I think it's usually less than 50 miles, so still a little far. Blood rain reports have been identified to occur in areas, for the most part, where colored dust or fine organic material is absorbed by the water, which then condenses and falls in another location. Mysterious red rain in Kerala, for instance, was discovered to be very similar to algae and fungal spores found in the area. Let's get into star jelly now.
0: Absolutely.
1: Star jelly, or astral jelly, is a grayish-white gelatin that tends to evaporate shortly after falling. And I find star jelly just insanely interesting, and not just because of the fun name. It's a great name. Such a good name. Star jelly has been falling for centuries, and holds a solid amount of basis in folklore. Written accounts of star jelly date back to the 14th century. An English-Latin dictionary from around 1440 has an entry for steris slime, describing it as a gelatinous material discovered randomly on the Earth's surface. Folklore at the time suggested that the slime was a remnant of shooting stars and that it's deposited on the earth during meteor showers. Oh! Mm -hmm. Hence, star Star jelly. jelly. Yeah, and sightings of star jelly are fairly common. But the most famous sighting occurred in Philadelphia in 1950. My hometown got some star jelly when two policemen saw a quivering mass of jelly that was about six feet across and a foot thick at the center. They reported that the jelly gave off a dull purple glow And when they tried to pick it up, it dissolved into an odorless sticky scum. As a little pop culture side fact. This was allegedly the inspiration for Steve McQueen's 1958 horror movie, The Blob. It's also inspired countless poets and novelists. Sir John Suckling, my favorite name ever. Great name. Suckling. You will get bullied so hard. So hard. So he was an English poet who actually invented the card game cribbage. And he wrote a poem in 1641, part of which reads, as he whose quicker eye doth trace, a false star shot at a marked place, do run a pace, and thinking it to catch, a jelly up do snatch. The most recent sighting of star jelly was in June of 2019 when a couple found five small piles of strange, crushed ice-like substance that was gelatinous in nature. However, this was kind of quickly disproven because an expert took a look at it and was like, oh, this is actually just a water-based polymer used for agricultural purposes. Mm-hmm. so hmm So, not- kind of star jelly, but like, it's still an... It, an gel- unidentified gelatine. Yes, exactly. So, with all these reports, you would think that we actually know what star jelly is, but there really isn't a definitive explanation. It's almost like a catch-all for any time people find gelatinous substances on Earth with a few specificities, you know? Most people do think that it's actually frog spawn from a frog that was most likely ripped apart by predators as frog spawn expands enormously when water from dew or rain is absorbed. Like chia seeds. Yeah, exactly, like chia seeds. And the predator would have most likely taken the eggs and eaten them, leaving behind only the ovum jelly. And that also really expands, but is unnoticeable on the ground until rain hits it and it expands. So frog spawn is a little bit more obvious, mm-hmm. but ovum jelly, less obvious, less obvious until <laughs> it rains. Mm-hmm. Additionally, the German term Sternenrotz, Sternenrotz, don't know how to speak German.
0: Yeah, but you said it with the intensity that I feel like is in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, which means star snot. Star
0: snot! Star snot! That would be a great
1: name for a hamster.
0: Oh, yes!
1: So star snot, or sternbrotz, refers to digested frog spawn vomited up by predators. In fact, some star jelly have been definitively identified as of amphibian origin. Other theories involve slime mold, which appears suddenly and exhibits a gelatinous appearance at first. Or nostoc a type of freshwater algae that's normally not seen when on the ground because it's dry, but will swell up into a jelly-like substance after rainfall. There's even theories that do actually involve space, as a similar process is used with some NASA space experiments, where dried microbes in suspended animation are sprinkled with a little bit of water, and they expand. Some people do believe that if it is indeed deposited by a meteor from space, it may suggest life on other planets. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you're finding, you know, cells in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. These never have cells in them. Mm-hmm. They're really not identifiable like that. And there are a lot of issues with this theory when you compare it to the events in Oakville. Yeah, I
0: had some issues. Yeah.
1: So if we take what the residents have said at face value, then it really couldn't have come from the ground because Officer Lacey saw it. It fell onto his car. Exactly. It's possible that the algae, mold, or frog spawn did get sucked up into the sky and poured down on Oakville, like what happens with the blood rain or frogs Mm -hmm. in general. But that does not account for the human DNA and bacteria that scientists claim to have found. And why did it happen six times? Exactly. That seems
0: like a weird
1: number of times. A strange number of times. Too many times. Additionally, the Oakville blobs were clear, while Star Jelly and Frogspawn are not. Like, Star Jelly, specifically, is a little bit grayish opaque. Like, not fully opaque itself, Mm -hmm. but definitely not clear. But all that being said, there is a ton of inconsistencies between the townspeople's claims. So, Star Jelly isn't consistent, but neither is what they're saying. So, much of the statements that we have come from a 1997 episode of the TV show, Unsolved Mysteries. And if you've listened to our General Wayne episode, you may know that Unsolved Mysteries is not exactly the most reliable source. They're theatrical, they're Mm -hmm. putting on a show... Like they just, they tend to only use information that keeps the mystery alive and ignores way more rational explanations. Like they just go with what is the most interesting. Unlike us, we try to give you a well-rounded syllabus. Exactly. Like a campfire story with science. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're the coolest Girl Scout troop leaders ever. Fuck yeah.
1: Outside of her Unsolved Mysteries interview, Sonny Barklift, our main informant, has disputed some of the most common information For example, reports said that her kitten actually had digestive problems before its death, but Sunny said that's not true. She also said that while it is her understanding that after the fallout, people in the community did come down with the illness, she didn't exactly go door to door and interview people. The information that she got was mostly gleaned during casual conversations and overhearing statements made by others. It's simply all hearsay, and there's the rub. While we have many eyewitness reports, you just never know how much people have embellished the truth. Sources have also said that the Oakville Blobs attracted attention from media outlets from all over the country. But in every single article I've read about the Blobs, the main source material comes from that Unsolved Mysteries episode and interviews. I also tried to find any original newspaper reports on the Oakville blobs from around that time and nothing. And there's no evidence that it was a military weapons testing site, nor is there evidence that jellyfish were shredded. It just, it really is all eyewitness accounts and people lie all the time. So take the information with half a grain of blob. <laughs> Another thing to note is that if you Google Oakville blobs, it's pictures of frog spawn. Mm-hmm. We don't have any sort of photos of the blob or the incident. so. Here's what I personally think, and I, I want to hear what you think as well. There are enough eyewitness reports from multiple reputable sources, like townspeople and scientists, to make me believe that it actually did happen, because it would be a pretty crazy lie to convince everyone Almost to Almost everyone in
0: a town, yeah. Yeah. Especially if the main form of capitalizing off of this is jello shots. Like- <laughs> That does seem like pretty weak sauce for a whole town to lie about. Exactly. And
1: to continue lying about for years and years, it had to have happened, you know? And maybe there's a huge government cover-up going on and all the samples are locked in Area 51. Or maybe they simply evaporated after being left out in the air for too long, like they did on the ground. Or maybe people fudged in the details. I think people definitely fudge yeah, the details. There, there was
0: some blob fudging for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Sonny Barclift is really adamant that the military was involved, and like, I get it. But I'm really, I'm less likely to believe there's a massive conspiracy over the blobs. Especially because no one can agree on what they actually were. Because all evidence is gone. The Washington Department of Health says that it can't find any records of what happened to the samples it received. Government cover-up! But the government just simply might not be involved. Yeah, could just be a
0: cover-up, not Mm -hmm. even a government cover-up. Exactly. Another society of something secret Mm -hmm. doing a cover-up. My theory. Mm -hmm. Totally crazy. Very outlandish. Just based on the things that I've heard right now. I think Dr. Little was making clones, and that's why they have human (laughs) DNA in them.
1: You know what, Zalda? I like this theory. And that's
0: why he's such a liar.
1: Yeah! That's why
0: he's such a little gaslighter, is because he's
1: in on it. He's in on it. I think that Dr. Little is in on it, and I'd like to believe that he and Mike McDowell have a little feud going on. Because I want to I believe these people so badly. I do want to believe the townsfolk. Because if this is a real event and people really did got sick. <laughs> they really did got sick. They really done did got sick. But if they really did get sick, that's awful. This is one of the weirdest mysteries and events that I've heard of in a long time. Because as much as I love disproving things, you know, I, I, I literally live for it. I, I can't. Yeah. It
0: could be a lot of things, we just don't know because we do not have any information
1: Mm -hmm. other than word of mouth. It's been nearly 28 years and we have the same questions now as we did then. Maybe it was aliens. Maybe it was weapons. Maybe it was frogs. Maybe it was alien weapon frogs. I love that. Maybe it was alien frogs carrying weapons, shooting blobs, and also eggs. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Could happen. Could happen. Who's to say? Not us. Not me. (laughs) Not Dr. Little. Certainly. Not Not Dr. Dr. Little. At the end of the day, it remains unsolved. All's blobs that ends blobs.
0: Not to uh, (laughs) quote Shakespeare there, but... (laughs) How long have you been sitting on that one? Uh, Two
1: seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That makes more sense.
0: Yeah, that's why it was uh, half-picked.
1: So that's all we have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed learning about blobs. I definitely
0: did, and I am very confused. But for now, we're done. So we'll see you next time. Across?